Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to another episode of the Hayley Morecambe Podcast. I am so excited you're here for showing up for yourself, your self-love and self-care. Each week, I gift you the permission and the space to claim the most happy, healthy, abundant life and give you access to the most sparkliest version of you. On this journey together, we'll learn and grow and thrive to be the best version of ourselves. We don't settle for anything less than incredible. I'm your host, Haley, a fitness and nutrition coach, writer, former radio host and journalist, advocate for self-love and self-care, and all-round wellness guru. I'm a mama to the most divine little girl and a fur parent to a cheeky little cavoodle. I am so pumped to take you into another magical episode. Are you ready? Let's go. I am sure you have heard me bang on about the importance of eating local, natural, fresh, in-season and toxin-free produce before. I own that one loud and proud. But if you still aren't convinced or you like the idea of it, but you're not sure why and where you can purchase good quality produce, or maybe you have a desire to learn more about the health benefits behind it, then this podcast episode has you sorted this week. I've placed it inside the Thriving Pantry series. It's episode two within this new series, as it directly impacts the way you purchase your produce for your home. This week, I bring you an insightful conversation with a local organics farmer, Jordan Collin. Jordan and his wife, Emma, run Huntley Organics, a local farm in Bendigo where the produce is grown in its most natural Natural environment in the soil and the sun. Their produce is fertilized with natural organic matter and are free from synthetic pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides. Jordan says his aim is to preserve and nurture the environment as well as our health and provide the highest quality produce naturally. During this episode, we chat about why more of us should be supporting local organics farmers over mainstream supermarkets, the nutrient benefits of purchasing and eating spray-free produce, why they taste better, how the way you invest your dollar has a ripple effect across the country and globe, 
and the benefits of eating with the seasons, plus a heap more. I know you're going to get a lot out of today. I definitely did. Be sure to listen right to the end as well to hear about a special discount offer I've arranged with Huntley Organics for you so you can start eating more fresh, natural produce right away. Let's jump into our conversation with Jordan Collin. Hey, Jordan, thanks so much for joining us, stepping away from your farm today to have a chat. How are you? Hey, Ailey, I'm good, thanks. No problem. That's good. So I was uh, perusing your website just before we jumped onto this um, interview, and I know you've got a really, really cool backstory. And I think before we go into all the goodness of, you know, your amazing produce and your amazing farm and farming practices and why we should be, you know, getting our hands on more organic produce and for health benefits and things, I'd love for everyone to get to know you a little bit more. Uh, I know you haven't been in Bendigo for all that long, but you've got a pretty cool backstory. Do you want to go into that? that for us yeah sure uh so my wife emma and i did some woofing in australia uh probably about eight years ago now um we did on an organic avocado farm um, and an essential oils farm um, that was our first kind of look into farming that was actually for her visa um, because she's french and so back then they had you had to do three months of woofing to get your second year visa so it kind of forced us into doing that and that's how we kind of discovered the world of organic farming. And we really thought, hey, this is what we want to do. Uh, and then we moved to New Zealand after that. And we ended up working on a friend's farm for a little bit um, and living there, just producing an annual range of vegetables. Uh, and then it came up an opportunity for us to lease some land. So we started our first business over there um, based on the kind of the profitable urban farming model. Uh, so growing on a really small scale, uh, about a quarter acre for a start and then going up to a half acre. And yeah, started producing organically grown produce there and built our business over four years. Uh, and then we ended up coming back to Bendigo to see family because I'm originally from Bendigo mm-hmm. and saw the land prices around here. and thought, wow, we could maybe actually purchase our own farm instead of leasing. And so that's kind of how that started. So now we've got a 28 acre property. Um, We've got an acre of annual vegetables in production and we're going to be building up to three acres of vegetables this spring and doing some micro scale grain crops and eventually orchards. Pretty much if it can be grown in central Victoria, we're going to grow it. Amazing. That's what you just said about Central Victoria. You've got to obviously grow to the areas you're in, right? What's what's big in our area? What what grows the best? Oh yeah, a lot of things really. I mean, this is actually it's quite an amazing place. We take it for granted, perhaps, um, and also it's perhaps because um, the existing farms aren't taking advantage of the potential that Central Victoria has. Um, so obviously, there's a lot of broad acre cropping so that's you know wheat uh, oats mm-hmm. barley these type of things um which is great but that mainly goes to export or all over australia um we there's also yeah a lot of orchards um pretty much like everything can be grown here everything that isn't tropical um it's, it's an incredible like pretty much everything we go to the supermarket for we could find grown in this region if there was someone doing it and selling it locally 
That is amazing. And this is exactly what I want to get into today is um, for, for people to understand that what, you know, what we have in our own backyard is just an incredible resource and, you know, why we should be investing our dollars locally. Because um, before we go into all the amazing things that you do on your farm and how you set yourself um, apart from the rest, can we just chat a little bit about supermarket produce without, you know, I don't really like to go down the avenue of, you know, isolating a certain thing or saying anything negative about something. But, you know, when you walk into a supermarket, you see the same produce and it looks the same all year round because that is, that is a result of kind of synthetic practices, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so when supermarket producers, um, producers who are producing mainly for supermarkets mm-hmm. are selecting their seeds, because I guess it all begins with the seed, right? Um, they're looking at shelf life and appearance. That's mm-hmm. it. So as far as nutrient density, taste, everything else uh, is an absolutely secondary factor. Mm-hmm. So again, it goes into how things are fertilized, how they're produced. Aside from pesticide residues, um, which are found in, in a huge amount of your standard conventionally grown produce that you find in the supermarket, um, it's also the, the problem of synthetic fertilizer, like you say, synthetic practices. So if you're not having a balanced soil, um, if you're just throwing in NPK, uh, you know, the, your macronutrients, nitrogen, um, et cetera, then you won't end up with a balanced end product. Um, so a lot of it looks good, but it's just a hollow shell. And you'll find, you know, even with things like uh, with salad or tomatoes that you buy at the supermarket, they go bad quickly mm. um, and they just don't taste as good. You know, it's the, yeah, yeah the growing practices aren't sufficient to actually sustain a fully well-rounded, nutrient-dense product. Yes, which leads us into exactly what you do. And I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way of, um, uh, you know, when you walk into a supermarket, something does look appealing and amazing, but um, they do look the same all year round. So let's go into something like your farming practices, because I absolutely love what you do. It is not only is it local, you have, you are going, you're stripping things right back. Um, I can't remember your slogan. I did have it written down. Um, You grow in the sun, in the soil, you're growing in the soil in the sun. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the soil in the, what is it? The nutrient-dense soil in the sun or something like that. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Now, can you tell us a little bit about um, what sets your farm um, apart from, you know, particularly in the organics field and pesticide-free? How, how do you do your farming practices? Uh, so we're very small-scale um, and a lot of our production relies on labour rather than chemicals. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, as I said, we have about an acre of annual vegetable production at the moment. Um, our focus is on soil building and it has from the start. So not just about the minerals in the soil, but about the bacteria and the fungi in the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our big concentration at the moment um, is building it up to the point where we don't even need, you know, find the need for pesticides, fungicides herbicides uh, because the soil's doing what it's supposed to. Um, you know, I guess that's the, the main, probably the biggest problem with conventional farming um, is killing off the living soil. So then if you're constantly nuking your soil with pesticides, fungicides, herbicides, uh, and bad, you know, tillage practices, just inverting the layers, ripping it all up, 
then you're getting rid of all of the good bacteria as well as the, the bad bacteria. Kind of like antibiotics, you know, like, you know, you have to build up your gut biome again mm-hmm. if you have a course of antibiotics. Um, so it, soil health is really similar to, to human health, actually. Like there's a lot we can learn from it. Um, so yeah, our practices include really trying to build up that um, positive biome, the good bacteria, the good fungi, um, and making it so if we do have any issues with bad stuff, then the bacteria and microbes take care of it themselves. Um, so it's about having integrated practices. The pests take care of the pests and mm. the weeds. Weeds come up because um, you have deficiencies in your soil. If you have good soil, then you don't, you don't need to spray weeds, you know, when um, you don't need to weed. So, mm. yeah, it's like- about coming up with sustainable practices. Yeah, like like you said, with health as well, very proactive rather than reactive, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. Let nature take care of itself. You know, it's it's got these systems built in um, mm. to take care of the soil, to take care of us. And you know that what you eat, you are what you eat, right? The the age old saying. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So- Let, let's go into that a little bit more. I'd love to talk about um, the actual, you, the personal health side of things. And I know you have kind of a two level approach to this. Um, not only is it for your personal health, but also the health of our, um, our um, national health, I should say as well. So do you want to go into that kind of two step process of, you know, the health benefits of, you know, a more natural organic produce and then also how that ripples effect that ripple effect into our community as well yeah yeah so i guess the most obvious health issue is the the personal health why most people go organic in the first place um which is because they're worried about pesticides and herbicides they're worried about chemical residue on their food um which is pretty valid um glyphosate has had so many, you know, that's Roundup essentially, um, what they use mm. as a herbicide. Probably the most used uh, chemical, in agricultural chemical in the world. Um, and even though it's perhaps not even the worst, well, it's not even close to the worst, um, because it's so heavily used, it's got a lot of press. And also there's a lot of residue in our food. Uh, like there's absolutely no question that if you're buying conventional stuff from the supermarket, whether it's produce or whether it's, biscuits made from flour made from uh you know herbicide sprayed wheat you are getting chemical residues in your food um so that much is established then the question is is does that affect our health uh so are these chemicals carcinogenic i mean a vast majority of the independent studies say yeah absolutely um it is and even some of the larger organizations like the epa fda have said it's probably carcinogenic um and these are organizations that actually have some interest in keeping Monsanto Bayer, the, you know, the big evil chemical giants uh, in business. So <laughs> essentially, yeah, if you're eating these foods, you're getting pesticides and herbicides in your food. If you're okay with that, fair enough. Um, mm-hmm. If you're not, that's where organic comes in. So that's the most obvious thing to touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, then the personal health side it goes into what i was talking about with um just having nutrient dense food so if you have nutrient dense soil you have nutrient dense food i think about a third of the world's population is deficient in zinc um mm-hmm. and that comes from crops being grown in zinc deficient soils mm-hmm. uh same with b12 you know that's a major issue 
um, and can cause some really serious health problems if you stay B12 deficient for a long time. Um, and B12 is actually produced by a bacteria uh, in the soil, but it needs the mineral cobalt to, um, to produce B12, also in, in animal stomachs as well. Um, but it's produced in the soil. Uh, and so many people have B12 deficiencies. Um, you know, and another major thing, it's, it's just starting with good agricultural practices has a direct effect on our health. Um, so that's the personal. Yeah. Then if we want to get into the, uh, the national health level, it's about what the practices that are put into place to produce conventional food due to our environment, which also has an effect on our health as well. Um, you know, if we think about uh, air pollution, water pollution, water pollution is a huge one. I know it was in New Zealand where I was. I'm pretty sure it's an issue here as well. Um, essentially, you know, by using these synthetic fertilizers, they have a huge tendency to run off into our waterways. Uh, mm. And essentially, they, they're poisonous. They're, they're very toxic mm. to humans. Um, so when we support these kind of farming practices it does come back on us um yeah the air health the water health um the health of the soil all of these things on a national level affect the health of the people um not to mention all the farmers who are out there the amount of older farmers i know uh that have cancer particularly lung cancer um from these practices and people who live in the the areas that are getting uh herbicide pesticide drift yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a disaster. <laughs> it's so scary when you actually think of it that on that large scale, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and I mean that doesn't even get into the unsustainable practices of mining um, and procuring the materials to produce synthetic fertilizers. Totally unsustainable. Mm. Um, you're just constantly, pretty much, you're taking an input an input from an unsustainable source, putting it into an unsustainable farm. And then it's unsustainably washing into our waterways, you know, poisoning us in other ways. So it's just, there's nothing positive about this, you know. <laughs> it's no. a very solution uh, to feeding the world. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's been a very big eye-opener just from, just from those couple of minutes there. So thank you. Um, so I guess it really is true that wherever you spend your money, you are supporting that practice it's not only just about buying that you know conventional apple or tomato and not only not getting the taste and the benefits the nutrient benefits but that ripple effect of you are really supporting and saying yes that it's okay to continue on that that process down the line so that's really interesting because yeah. a lot of people wouldn't know that they'd walk into a supermarket and just pick something up without thinking yeah yeah and i mean that comes down to supporting local producers as well mm -hmm. um, because if people come and buy from our farm, I mean, they can come to our farm and buy from our farm and they'll see exactly what we're doing, um, which is mm -hmm. why, disclaimer, we're actually not certified organic at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's mainly because we're an open book and we're selling locally. Um, mm -hmm. So it's about trust in the farmer. We do follow all of the practices and more. You can be an organic farm who still sprays a lot of stuff, technically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so even buying organic, you know, is it's kind of like, yeah, it could be good. It could be bad. And mm -hmm. some of those practices are slipping even more, um, which undermines the integrity of, of the system. But 
yeah, if you're buying locally, you can see what we're doing. You can come and talk to me at the market and I'll, I'll tell you all of this, you know, I, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. You can definitely see your passion and your knowledge behind it. It's just incredible. And it just goes to show that what are we doing? You know, we should be doing this more. Um, and actually, like you said, chatting directly to the farmer. I love going to farmer's markets and just chatting directly to the farmer. Um, and how important is it also, and this is particularly at farmer's markets, you'll only, you'll see, you know, throughout the seasons, you'll see things pop up and then things go away and then different things pop up. I love cooking and buying in season. I follow the seasons. I think it's so, um, you know, important to buy something that's obviously because it's going straight from the farm to your table. Um, how important do you think it is to follow the seasons with your food? Yeah, it's so important. I mean, it, it goes in like, obviously our bodies like it. You probably know more about that than me. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, you want to eat things seasonally, right? You know, like our bodies crave spinach and, and kind of these more dense, heavy foods in winter, um, mm -hmm. you know, warming stuff often stuff all the citrus that comes on um you know things that actually increase our immunity um all of these things kind of coming into winter and then in summer you know our like beautiful uh salads and uh and tomatoes and, and cucumbers all of these things that they're cooling you know and they, they suit the season so i guess an enjoyment thing is eating seasonally and it's exciting you know it means that you're not just um yeah, cooking the same things year round. You're kind of going yes. with what's available. But I guess it also really goes into that environmental aspect, sustainability aspect that I'm talking about. You know, if you're eating a tomato produced in summer, that took practically nothing to produce. Mm. Um, you know, the tomato producers are flooded with tomatoes. If you're trying to buy tomatoes in winter, um, there's probably been a lot of, um, of artificial inputs going into that to keep it alive. You know, it'll be hydroponically grown. Uh, with synthetic fertilizers in a greenhouse because that's heated um, mm. because otherwise you couldn't grow that tomato, you know? <laughs> so that's why you'll never really see those things at the farmer's markets. Um, we can push the seasons, which is fine, but we can't grow things out of season. Um, mm. You're getting naturally produced if you mm. buy it in season. Yeah. I love that you said that your body craves it. It is so true, isn't it? Your body does naturally crave um, the foods that are grown in that season. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And it's so, like I said, it's so interesting. You would just go and go, all right, well, that's in season. I'm going to pick these three things up. And then instead of going and buying a whole heap of these, you know, crappy quality foods, you just have your beautiful, nutrient dense, delicious food. And like you said, they have so much more taste. Is that, you know, obviously yeah. the taste comes from, like you were saying, the soil practices and things like that. Yeah, it does. Um, and that's something we're really getting into here um, is what we call BRICS testing, um, mm -hmm. which is testing the soluble solids in the food, which is primarily sugars. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, the difference between the best example is if you've ever had a supermarket tomato and you've ever grown a tomato yourself, this is the one that everyone knows, right? Mm -hmm. like, there's not even a comparison. They're like yeah. a completely different beast, you know? Um, and yeah, the idea is if you leave the tomato on the vine longer, if you let it ripen, um, it's building those sugars. So for example, if I was to go with a refractometer, which is what we measure, mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, total dissolved solids, sugars in the food, and I was to put it on a, a supermarket tomato, it would have a very low reading. Um, if I'm to grow a tomato here and let it ripen on the vine, test it, it's going to be sweet. 
Um, it does have some correlation to nutrient density as well, but it's more just about the taste and the quality. Um, this is what chefs are looking for when, you know, when they're looking for a really premium product uh, is the bricks, the sugar content in the food, um, which is healthy sugar. It's not, not anything bad. Um, mm. Yeah. So that has directly to do with how we build our soil. Um, yeah. Just having a healthy, well-balanced soil, then the plants, the soil microbes will produce this environment to make delicious food. Um, mm, I love yeah. that. I, my, my mouth's watering at the thought of that tomato. <laughs> so good. Um, so let's talk a bit, let's debunk something, right? So I'm always banging on about how amazing organic food is and spray free food and why we should be putting it in our bodies. And the number one thing, you can probably already answer this question that I'm about to say. The number one thing is people go, that's too expensive. I can't afford that. My, my family can't afford that. But let's go right back is to, and this is what I really want to educate people of is exactly, and we, we have touched on this as well, is you're, you're actually investing your dollars into more than just um, for everything. It's like a, a, a um, proactive approach to not only yours and your family's health but also like you said you you you're you know you um don't hide anything with your farming practices and people can see exactly what they're investing their dollars in um how do you really answer that question when people talk about cost yeah i mean i think it's a very unfortunate reality and i mm -hmm. don't want to write off the fact that uh in a sense it is unaffordable for a lot of people mm -hmm. um, in this climate um it's, a, it's actually a really deep, complex question, in my mm. opinion. But the main thing is, is people used to spend about 50% of their income on food a week. You know, this is kind of going back two or three generations. Mm. Uh, that was the reality. You know, it's one of those things that we need to survive. Um, now, I think it's people expect to spend about 10 or 20% of their income on food. Mm -hmm. um, which also has some problems with other things raising in costs. So again, I don't want to write off the fact that it is really, it is more expensive. Mm -hmm. um, even though we almost match supermarket prices at the market. So buying at farmer's markets is probably the number one way to combat that because you're going direct to the producer um, and they are able to give you a better price than if we have a middleman taking the cut. But the reality is, is food has a subsidized cost. Um, and it's not, as you say, it's not all about uh, financial cost either. It's like when you buy something that is cheaper than it should be, then you're paying an environmental cost or a social cost, you know, um, of either using unsustainable practices um, or probably more in the States than here using cheap labor, um, mm -hmm. things like this. So there's, there's just always someone's paying for it somewhere. Um, what we sell for at the farmer's market, that's what it costs to produce the food. Um, but yeah, I think as more people jump on board, as things are more accessible, uh, like for the farmer, in the sense of, you know, our inputs come down in price, um, our regulation comes down in price, we're more supported, you know, rather than saying, um, if, if you, you know, if you spray your foods, then maybe you have to list those sprays as ingredients, you know, rather than putting the regulation cost on organic farmers to, to provide so much proof um, that we're doing the right thing. Really, that should be the baseline, you know? Um, so if we can support organic farmers more, that those costs will come down. Um, yeah, it's just that we're dealing, it, it's not a level playing field, you know? We're dealing with huge corporations that aren't 
picking up their environmental tab, so to speak. I've um, never thought of it that way. Like you said, you have to prove so much that the practices that you're doing, but the, but a lot of other people don't, they don't have to actually say everything that they have done to it. That's, that's insane. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's a little bit backwards. And I understand mm. that, you know, I do support certified organic in the sense that if you don't know who you're buying from, at least you've got a third party looking in and saying, all right, well, they haven't drenched this in toxic chemicals, you know, mm. uh, but that's about as far as it goes. Really. It should be, uh, yeah, that, that fruit is labeled for what it is. You know, these are chemically grown tomatoes and these are tomatoes, the organic tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh. And it just, like he said, it's just about knowing where your, where your food is coming from and not just kind of being very vague about it. Um, but I yeah. love that. So what's obviously in the current climate that we're in, it's a little bit difficult with, um, you know, restaurants and closing, uh, uh, you know, closed down and everything at the moment, but that won't be for much longer. Where, where are your plans, um, you know, to get your produce out? You, I know that you are looking to go cafes and restaurants and at the moment you've got farmer's markets. How else can we get a hold of your produce? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Absolutely. The best way at the moment is the farmer's market um, mm -hmm. or pre-ordering online. Um, our website's huntleyorganics.com.au. Nice mm -hmm. and simple. We're out in Huntley and we grow organically. Yep. Um, but yeah, we've got plans. Essentially, we just want to provide for Bendigo. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, most farmers end up going to the wholesale market or doing the farmer's market circuit. So pretty much if anyone in Bendigo is looking for an a produce niche to be filled, mm -hmm. uh, then we'll be there. So yeah, we'll be looking at pretty much any cafe or restaurant in Bendigo that will take us. Um, and That's awesome. you probably buy our stuff from Organics Bendigo. Um, we'll be approaching the other kind of niche retail, pretty much anywhere in Bendigo that will take us aside from supermarkets. Um, we want to, again, you know, support small businesses to support us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah, that's right. Market doesn't, it's not a great solution long-term. Mm. And then, you know, we're the same. We want to support local business as much as we can. So um, definitely encouraging lis listeners to reach out. And um, I know you sell in um, Organic Spendigo too. Yeah, they have a, a range of our greens, not our full range of stuff, um, but they've got our salad mixes and, um, and microgreens and stuff. So you can find us there during the week. Um, and yeah, otherwise pre-order on the website, you can pick up at the farm, um, or at country cakes in Bendigo or, um, uh, yeah, or the farmer's market, but definitely farmer's market's best place to find us. We've got our, our full range there. You get to meet the farmer, mm. you know, it's, you're directly supporting local businesses and there's an awesome variety of other stuff. Um, of course it's not just us there. There's, yeah. other, there's other local producers, um, mm. and it's all yeah it really is true that um things taste better when you know exactly where they've come from they and and like i said chatting directly to the farmer knowing a little bit more about your food when you take it home it's like this whole appreciation for it you know you um you know you've had the backstory a little bit it's not just a tomato it's more than the tomato it is a tomato that's been you know locally grown it tastes delicious when you go to put it in your salad and you sit down at the table with your family it's just this I don't know. It's just this whole connection, this emotional connection that you have with your food and you appreciate it more. Um, I, yeah. It's just this whole experience, isn't it? When you, when you're eating a little bit more naturally. 
Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a real appreciation of what you're putting in your body, where it came from. Mm. Um, I think it's a really a next level idea of health um, is to appreciate yeah. food and, and slow down and understand that, yeah, that these things uh, have a backstory in a way, you know, like absolutely. Everything. Yeah, that's right. And instead of, you know, just filling your trolley or filling your basket with a million things that you don't need, you know, you, there's, there's the cost there. Anyway, you are supporting, you know, every single item you put in your trolley, you really are supporting that backstory too. So, um, it is nice to take a step back and, you know, put less in your trolley and, you know, or, or start off. I love starting off at a farmer's market, um, or a whole food store or, or something like that. I start off there and then I just kind of fill up fill in the gaps, you know, everywhere else. And, but always looking at labels and always looking to things, see where things are coming from because, you know, you are investing your dollar. But I did want to actually chat to you about something else that I saw in my notes. Imperfect looking produce. And I know you mentioned this on your, on your website as well. Just because something doesn't look great um, doesn't mean it is not great, right? Like it's, um, you know, you see, we're so used to seeing perfect produce selling at supermarkets. Um, that, you know, those ones are still there to be loved too, aren't they? And it just shows that they're more natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, at the same time, probably the imperfect looking carrot in amongst the perfect looking carrots at the supermarket is probably the same thing. Um, but if you're kind of, you know, if you're choosing, uh, you know, a, an heirloom variety that's been grown in Italy for a thousand generations for taste, mm-hmm. there's a reason why it looks like that. And it's because they haven't focused on breeding for look. They've focused on breeding for taste um, yeah. and that's how plant breeding works is you find a characteristic that you like and then you're purposefully trying to make the next generation uh, focus on those characteristics so yeah often those huge ugly looking beetroot and carrots you find at the farmer's market um, they're that way because the variety has been bred to focus on how they mm. taste not how they so in that sense yeah sometimes you buy some really weird looking stuff tastes great Exactly. It's yeah, that's right. It's probably even got more of a better story and um a little bit more character to it. Yeah, God, I did I definitely do not judge my fruit and vegetables, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I love really. it. sometimes the weird looking ones even taste better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Well, I hope um is there anything else that you'd like to cover, by the way, Jordan? is there a topic that we haven't covered that you'd like to chat about? Uh, not really. It's been pretty well-rounded, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest thing is um, definitely, and you've covered that today, is the health benefit, but also more more than that is, you know, why we should be, um, you know, really looking at each dollar we're spending and where it's actually going and the backstory that you're supporting. And I think you've painted that so perfectly today um, that, you know, when we're investing our dollars into something like your produce, it's it's so much more than just, you know, mindlessly purchasing something so thank you yeah i i hope so you know it's uh, i hope that by putting confidence in local producers who are trying to do things like this then you're taking a little bit of the research work out because it seems like you need to go into a supermarket with a you know a degree in analysis these days Mm. to understand like you know has this used child slave labor you know was this grown in china yeah you know god knows where you know it's 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 actually it's such a rabbit hole um Mm. For the average consumer, people don't have time to do that research themselves. Mm. So, yeah, that would be the um, the focus I would put on is is trust your local producers. Um, if you're doing it on a small scale uh, and you're an open book about what you're doing and you want to tell the story of your farm, 
um, then it probably means you've got your consumer's best interests at heart, you know. Um, mm. We've done this research and we understand why our farming practices are different and why we're doing it this way. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, there's a lot of farmers out there that would not open the doors to the public. They would be hiding a lot of practices, wouldn't they? So, yeah, I love that. You're very transparent. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. As they say, if factory farms and slaughterhouses had uh, transparent walls, you know, it's, like, it's the same with agriculture, right? Yeah. But that's so, yeah, that just goes to paint a picture though, is there are things like that happening. You just don't have, you have no idea that the thing that you've just bought, you actually are supporting that. So yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. We've got so much out of today. I absolutely love your messaging. I love what you do. Um, I hope that reflects onto people listening as well to start investing um, their dollars a little bit more wisely and how they put their, their food on their table for their family and themselves. And um, yeah, I just thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for having me. I love talking about this stuff. How awesome was that chat? He is a man with a lot of knowledge in the industry, hey? Okay, so to encourage you to start your organic journey or your toxin-free, spray-free journey, if you wish, Jordan and Emma have very kindly offered a special discount just for you for the month of June. Just head to huntleyorganics.com.au and pop in the code Haley at the checkout and it will give you a nice little discount. You are welcome. And as always, let me know what you think of this week's episode if you're listening to it shout out pop into my dms slide into my dms or tag me on socials at hayley underscore morecambe love to hear your feedback i'd love to hear what else you would like to see on the podcast or i'd love to actually see you adapting some of this knowledge straight into your home into your kitchens into the way that you buy and purchase your produce if you're heading along to a farmer's market whatever you're up to i'd love to hear from you you know where to find me Until next time, I'll chat to you later. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. 
It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.